This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to Browns Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, writer for the OBR and writer for Cleveland.com. Coming at you guys Thursday night, the 11th uh, here of July, as we are rolling through what I call the roughest month of football season, where you've heard me talk about this on the pod, where we're pre-training camp, but we're post-mini-camp, post-OTAs, post-draft, and we're literally running out of content. I'm writing a ton of crap on Cleveland.com. Majority of it is looking back at 2018 and how it works to 2019, and I'm even having the bleeding eye syndrome from looking at so much of 2018 that I've looked at nonstop between the season and the postseason and all the above. So I want to look forward as much as we can. We've talked quarterbacks uh, with Derek Klassen. We've talked running backs with Matt Waldman. We've talked offensive line with Brandon Thorne, and then uh, lucky enough to steal a couple minutes from the busy man, Brendan Leister. How you doing tonight, buddy? Doing great. How about yourself, Jake? I'm good, man. I'm good. I can't complain. I want to I wanna chat about wide receivers. I think that that wide receiver dynamic is going to be pretty um, interesting. Really, the skill position in total is going to be interesting. I don't know if you saw today, but Bill Barnwell, who's obviously one of the more uh, notable names in the NFL writing industry, put the Browns at third, all the way up at third in his skill position rankings, right? That is pretty impressive. They jumped from, uh, let's see, the past two years they have been number 30 in 2017, and then number they got up to number 13 last year. Now they are all the way up to number three, only trailing the explosive Kansas City Chiefs and the other explosive uh, Los Angeles Rams. What do you think about that, man? Yeah, I think, I think that's probably pretty apt. Um, if you look at the group all around, they have weapons at every position um, midway through the season when hunt comes back you know they're going to add another dynamic weapon in the running game and receiving game so i definitely think that that's fitting and uh it's good having a quarterback like baker mayfield pulling the trigger and uh being able to spread the ball around all those weapons yeah i'm with you when you look at the whole um the, the funny thing is the first name that he mentions is seth the valve which we'll talk about seth a little bit on here um so let's let's talk receivers um so they obviously are <coughs> excuse me they're they're obviously pretty loaded at the top of the depth chart. They have guys that have been around the NFL, have found success at varying stages of their career and are all um you know, are, are at least the top 2, I should say, if you if you take Landry as the second name, are in their prime. They have two young guys who are sort of getting there. I think Richard Higgins is closer obviously than to what we think he will become than Antonio Callaway, who's developing. But I just sort of want your takeaway on the group as a whole, how you see the snap distribution going. Like, if you envision, Brendan, you're the, you're the offensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns, you have these four main receivers. How do you want to use those guys on a weekly basis? Yeah, so um, I think that... I think to start off, obviously Beckham's going to be on the field as much as possible. You know, he's the perfect uh, 
wide receiver for basically any role that you want to put him in. But um, you know, when even when they go heavy personnel groupings with one wide receiver on the field, he he should be that guy the majority of the time. Um, he's you know the X receiver, um, you know, in the base eleven personnel, and you know he's clearly a game changer. Um, I think, and then Landry is probably. Based on Snapshare, I, I project him to be the number two type guy. Um, he'll spend most of his time in the slot. I think when they're, you know, in, the, in 11 personnel, I should say, uh, with one back, one tight end, I think he'll be in the slot most of the time. Whenever they have uh, two tight ends on the field, go go more 12 personnel, I think he'll play more Z receiver in those sets. But I do expect there to be a rotation um, between him, Higgins, and then also Callaway rotating in in those situations where they have heavier uh, groupings on the field with multiple tight ends. I think do all those think, guys will see time with Beckham in those sets. Yeah, do you think Jarvis Landry, he's had um, close to 150 pretty much if you average out every year. He had 149 last year targets. That's not the number the Browns should want. They shouldn't strive for that no. number for him next year. I think they used him this year as a, as a number one by just sort of name default and uh, trusting mm-hmm. him. I think it's just a trust thing. They trusted him to do the right thing. Do they Do they think he's always going to create separation? Not necessarily, but they just trusted this guy that has fantastic hands. He had a high number of drops, but he makes difficult catches. They believed in him to do everything. Where does that number target share uh, sort of sit for you, Ideal? I know you and I have had some banter. I'm sure people have seen it on Twitter about – we think Landry is best suited to be a number two, and he's never been a number two, right? In Miami, Devontae right. Parker never became what they thought Devontae Parker would become um, amongst many other players that he played with. So he was always the sort of number one guy. Now he is, without question, the number two guy. So where do you think the target number should fall for him? I think if you're ranking the group, I think it'll still be number two, but I think that it should be very close between like he and Higgins and even Njoku, honestly, I think all those guys should be very close for the number two spot. And then I think Callaway will be a little bit further down that list. But his average depth per target should be much higher probably than anybody else in the group, maybe even including Beckham. Because I think that Callaway's primary role is going to be to take the, de- the top off the defense and create explosive plays down the field and open space up for other guys, including Beckham. Um, so I agree. Yeah, this is the first time in his career that that Landry's going to get to be the number two guy, and I think that he's kind of been forced to play that role just because he's been the only, um, like you kind of alluded to, like steady, reliable wide receiver on a bunch of different teams. You know, going into last year, I think they expected Gordon to be on the team, they expected Coleman to take the next steps forward, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're stuck with Landry with. You know Higgins behind him who thankfully had a good training camp because they probably didn't know what to expect from him in the offseason and then also Callaway who hadn't played football in two years so going into last season I think they thrust Landry into that role not really necessarily expecting him to get quite that that target share like you alluded to but I'm excited this uh, more of a complimentary role I think it suits his skill set much more than than a number one type role does um, kind of moving along through the group, I think Higgins I'll add um, two real should quick. be the I'll, yeah. I'll Landry real quick. I think what's interesting, Brendan, is how much they used him downfield, how much his depth of target of target changed. Um, I think that that goes back to the normal sort of crossers, square ends, quick screen, like bubble type things or tunnel screens, yeah. things like that. Am I often thinking that, or do you think he'll see a uh, sort of regression to? 
his usual depth of target where it allows him to use sort of his quick twitch agility to make things happen. Yeah, I think that he'll be used mostly in the short to intermediate game. Um, there were times last year where they used him more down the field than you'd probably expect for a player with his skill set. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely think he's a guy that you want to get the ball in his hands quick in space because he's so good after the catch. I think I think he and Beckham are two of the best in the whole NFL after the catch, actually. So those are both guys. You want to get the ball in their hands in space and let them work. Um, Landry's really physical. He's quick. He can break tackles. So um, especially with... Mayfield being so accurate too, um, yeah, yeah, only so him then, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think when they're in eleven, so I like that to use that as a starting point, like I have so far. Um, you know, one running back, one tight end. I think Higgins should be the starting Z receiver. Um, I think he just fits that role well. He's got fantastic chemistry with Mayfield. Uh, really came on last year as a, an extremely efficient option, and. Uh, you know, good at creating separation, good route runner, good hands. Uh, I think he plays bigger than he is, too. He's He has the ability to go up and get the ball in traffic and extend away from uh, defenders and stuff when it's tight coverage. Incredible knack on scramble drills for just finding space and breaking away from, from coverage and just being on the same page with Mayfield for where, you know, kind of where, where Mayfield's looking, he's always in the right spot at the right time in those situations. I also think Higgins brings more after the catch than people realize. I just remember that play. One play that comes to mind is the one against Cincinnati where they threw him the, you know, the quick slant where they picked for him in the red zone. And then he ran all the way across the field and dove into the end zone for the touchdown. Um, So I think I think he's just a very steady, reliable receiver that's kind of coming into his own now after a slow start to his career. And I think that having him in that starting group as someone that they can count on consistently down to down to be in the right position is very important. And uh, when you look at the type of role that he's going to play, I think that he will be primarily kind of like Landry, you know, used in the short to intermediate passing game. But I do think that he runs probably a little bit better than Landry. So you can hit him down the field. Um, Maybe more so, uh, I would say that he he does a better job of creating separation down the field. That's what I'll yeah. say. So, I think there are times where they'll, you know, hit him down the field more consistently than they would with like Landry. Um, moving on to Callaway, you know, I think that he'll he'll probably rotate in at both of the outside spots and be primarily a deep threat. Um, that role, I just. I keep coming back to this every time I talk about this with people, but I just think that it's very, it's going to be very similar to how Deshaun Jackson was used in Todd Munkin's offense last year in Tampa Bay. Um, Jackson was fourth in snaps. He was fourth in targets amongst that group, but I think he was much, I think he was higher when it came to yards though. I think he might've been closer to second and that, and that might not necessarily play out with Callaway uh, statistically, but I think that he will probably be fourth in snaps, fourth in targets in the wide receiver group, but he'll he'll still make a, an impact with his speed, explosiveness down the field. He he will play a ton. You know, this isn't the typical fourth receiver um, for a team. You know, he's a very talented player, even if he was up and down at times last year, wasn't always necessarily in the right spot at the right time. Um, but we both know that he's a super talented player, and, and there's going to be a role for him you know, also like, like, for example, if they were to start the game in 12 personnel, you know, just come out in 12 with Chubb on the field with Najoku and Harris on the field. And I think 
wide receiver wise, they might actually put Beckham at Z and have Callaway at X and, you know, they can do a lot of things out of that grouping because both those guys have such fantastic speed and ability to put pressure on the defense down the field, especially off play action. Um, like we kind of talked about a little bit on Twitter yesterday. So I think you can do so many things with this group because there's just a lot of versatility to top to from top to bottom between having possession guys that are steady, reliable, as well as having super explosive guys that can take the top off the defense at any time and, you know, turn a, a slant into a touchdown at any point in the game. Yeah, that's great takes. I, I think that there's certainly versatility with that group and, and your your point on Antonio Callow, I think many miss that. I think people think that, you know, uh, just because you don't necessarily think he's with 11 personnel all the time doesn't mean he doesn't have a really important role and doesn't mean he can't have the great year. You know, he's quoted as saying, I want to have a thousand yards, whatever. Doesn't mean he can't do that. And like, Mm-hmm. That should be his goal. That should be the Browns' offense's goal is to you know have every single one of these guys expecting a big role. You want them to understand where they're going to fit in, and they will naturally as the season goes. But like, you want guys with that passion. You want Callaway pushing Jarvis and Odell. You want that, and that's that. That'll be fun to watch. I think the dynamic of him being like you said, fourth and and targets, but um, you know maybe up towards third or second in receiving yards would not be surprising mm-hmm. at all and I, I really value what Richard Higgins brings too so uh, good good points there I think we need to take a break real quick I'm going to talk to you guys about ShipStation uh, when you're selling online get your orders out they can be a real pain that's why you need ShipStation if you sell anything it's the fastest easiest most affordable way to manage and ship your orders so no matter what you're selling something on Amazon Etsy your own website ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface ShipStation helps you get your orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. Right now, Blue Wire listeners can try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use the promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card information, which is important. Nobody likes to give away credit card information. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one seller uh, for online orders, you can ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in B-L-U-E, Blue. That's ShipStation.com. Enter the com- promo code BLUE. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. All right. Jumping back in, Brendan, I'm going to give you a trivia question, man. How many current roster wide receivers are there? This is the offseason. They can expand the rosters. How many wide receivers are on the roster? What number do you think? One number. Um, let's say ten. There are twelve currently on the 12. on the roster. So we're talking fifth or sixth guys. We're talking those guys who fill out the roster if they keep six receivers. We know who the big four are. Let's talk about mm-hmm. who you think will stick around. So I'll read you some of the outliers. Dorian Baker, um, who is a a rookie out of Kentucky. They obviously. Uh, the big three there. Ish Hyman, who ran a lot of first-team reps mm-hmm. with um, in the OTA minicamp sessions. He's also a rookie out of James Madison. Blake Jackson, who's been around for a while. DJ Montgomery. Damian Ratley, who we all know. Uh, the fun story, Damon Sheehy Giuseppe is uh, on the roster as well. Jalen Strong trying to make a comeback. And then lastly, Derek Willey. So if you had to look at that group... You're on the hot seat. We will bring this up mm-hmm. in the middle and, and right before week one. I will, I will play this recording for us. Who are your two guys you think make this roster group? They obviously got to be special teams guys, right? They got to contribute in that yep. capacity. So who do you think does uh, who does the trick here? 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think Ish Hyman and Damian Ratley are the two that I would put my money on right now. Um, between Rat, I think it that last spot at this point would be between Ratley and Sheehy Giuseppe, just because, or is it Giuseppe or is it Giuseppe? I've always thought it was Giuseppe, but you could be Giuseppe. right, man. I'm not great with yeah, names. Yeah, I'm not sure. So. Okay, yeah. So uh, Ratley and him, I think whichever guy you know can stand out more on special teams um, and bring you know also bring a steady presence as the you know depth receiver that who knows maybe they have to count on him at some point because of injuries so um, I think one of those two guys but I definitely think Hyman is the fifth guy right now and I thought you know it was I thought it was cool that you got to be at at camp some or uh, OTA some I should say because you're you were or mini camp but yeah you were able to see like you know, whenever they don't have Landry, sometimes they're moving Higgins over to the slot because mm-hmm. you need multiple guys that can play in the slot. You can't just have one guy, of course, because what if Landry gets injured or what if you want to move Landry somewhere else and, you know, move guys around a little bit based on matchups. So having guys that can play multiple roles is huge. And I do think that Higgins is probably the second best guy that's suited to play that slot role if, if Landry were to go down. And whenever they did that, they had Hyman coming in at Z. They were actually doing that, I think you said, above putting Callaway at Z. And I, yeah. I think that, that kind of makes some sense because um, Hyman's probably the one that's primarily he's probably primarily learning z right now and callaway is probably primarily learning x at this point so um although during the season you know they'll probably shuffle those guys around a little bit more and they'll learn more as off season goes on and especially once they get into camp and preseason and all that um i think that makes sense to just kind of slide the next guy on the depth chart in and, and and go to work but yeah i think hyman um it seemed like he brought some speed just based on like seeing some you know clips that the twitter the team twitter account was posting uh from minicamp and all that stuff and yeah i looked at his stats from the alliance and i think it was what eight targets and four catches maybe so there wasn't a huge sample size there but um yeah i would definitely put my money on him as the fifth guy and then between ratley and Sheehy uh giuseppe for the final spot all right i like it those are your those are your two names to keep an eye on from brendan's side i will go with um, I think Ratley has been impressive, especially in the OTA sessions when he was sort of the one of the few, because Callaway missed plenty of OTAs too. That wasn't really reported um, all too much, but you know Odell obviously only showed up for one, but Callaway was only there for like the first few, and then it was sort of slim pickings of wide receiver because Willie's was out one day, and I thought Ratley performed pretty well. Uh, and then lastly, I will I will go with. Hmm. I'm going to go with Ish, too. I think they like him too much. I think they, they wouldn't be giving mm-hmm. him those reps if they didn't believe him. So I'm going to be on the yep. same page with you. I think Derek Willies will make a push. Uh, Shahid Giuseppe will make a push, too, if they really value how he performs kick return duties-wise. Um, but I think he eventually falls short. Good story, though. Maybe a practice squad guy. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see. Let's do this. Before we go, before we close up, let's do quick predictions uh, off the top of your head, how many yards and touchdowns catches do you see from Odell Beckham in, a, in an ideal world? Oh man! Yeah, ideal world. Well, what's, that's that's what's, where he well, stays healthy all sixteen games. That's the point. Uh, We're gonna say the, he stays healthy. My head, honestly, the first number that popped in my head was sixteen hundred yards and twelve touchdowns. Woo! That would be great. That would that would be one of the best years in the league, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I. I mean, you know, Brendan, the sky's the limit. If he gets good quarterback play for sixteen games and stays healthy, and they have the other attention around him, it's um, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I think, 
I think that would be exciting to see Odell put together a full season, to say the least, right? He's been he's been dinged up yeah, the last absolutely. two years. Um, so, yeah, it's exciting stuff. So 1,600 yards, 12 touchdowns, maybe 100 and 110 catches, something like that. That would be fun to see. So, Brennan, tell everybody where they can find your stuff, man. I know you – um, everybody's sort of getting back into the full swing of checking out football coverage. So leading into the 2019 year, where they can find you. Yeah. So I write articles for usafootball.com. Uh, a lot of stuff is kind of coaching based, but yeah, you can find my work there. I tweeted out from my Twitter account. Obviously you can follow me at Brendan Leister on Twitter. Um, I also do like background work for pro football focus. Um, I don't write for them necessarily, but I do do work on data stuff in the background and all that good stuff. Um, and then if, if you're looking for a football game on a Friday night in the fall, I also coach, coach football. I'm an assistant coach at Avon High School um, up, you know, we're like a half hour west of Cleveland. So if you're looking for a good football team to watch on a Friday night, you can come to one of our games. Really good football team. So what are you guys, 10-0? Uh, what, what are we thinking? Good enough to run the table? I hope so. But, you know, you're never, never going to make those predictions at this point. You just <laughs> kind of let it roll. But, you know. Uh, long track record of success, strong program, uh, went to the state final four the past two years and uh, lost, sadly. So really hoping that we can, you know, repeat that past success and all that good stuff. But, yeah, we're just really focused on getting better day by day now because we just started practices this week and we've got a big game against our uh, our rivals. Um, I, we're not really supposed to call them their full name, but yeah avon lake uh mm. the shoreman yeah we got them week one and they're a really good team as well so uh that's that's a huge game week one well good man if you're in northeast ohio go check them out avon against avon lake week one that'll be yeah. fantastic brendan thanks for joining me man i appreciate it yeah thanks for having me on all right guys we will uh be back maybe next week maybe not i don't know we'll see we're a week away one full week away from camp then in camp starts thursday the 25th i plan to be there every single day and do my best to give you guys coverage of what's going on up there. So we're creeping closer. Maybe look at D-Line next week. I'll keep you guys posted through the Twitter accounts, at Jake underscore Burns 18 and at Browns Film BDN. All right, guys, take care. And as usual, go Browns. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. 
the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.